Look, October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Uh, if you did know that, you kept it a secret. So, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys are so good to rain and I, so this announcement is not about us, but we have the most amazing pastoral staff, support staff, and, and so here's what I'm asking you to do. You're going to see a video just real quick that introduces our staff to you. If you're involved in a certain area where one of these guys minister to your kids or, or you volunteer with them or you just want to say thank you for what you do, uh, write a card or send an email. You, never, you just don't realize how far that goes. Uh, in our line of work, sometimes you can get discouraged, don't feel like you're making a difference. You know how it is. Even in your line of work, I'm sure you get that way sometimes. But, but and then next week, I'm going to pull all of them on stage, and you're going to cheer madly for them and thank them for what they do. Good? Yeah. All right, so watch this. Get to know them a little bit, and then we'll get into the Word. Good morning, Coastline Community Church. My name is John Bellavo. I get the privilege of overlooking pastoral care in several care ministries that fall underneath that. I also get the privilege of overlooking the I Heart My Church Ministries, which is volunteer-based. And lastly, I get the privilege of being a part of you and your family. And I love you and love this church very much. Thank you so much. Hey guys, Pastor Ben Kingdon. I'm the children's pastor for ages 6 to 12. I also lead Accelerate for ages 10, 11, and 12. And I am just so thankful for each and every one of you. Thank you for your prayers, your support. Thank you for inspiring us to continue to impact future generations. We love your kids, and we couldn't be any happier with uh, what God is doing through these ministries. Thank you. I'm Steve Brimmer. My position is executive pastor at Coastline Community Church, so I work more with the administrative side of things. And I just have to say, this is an awesome team to work with. Love being here. Joan and I have been at Coastline for two and a half years now, and we're so happy to be a part of such an awesome church. Hey, I'm Anthony Rick. I'm the youth pastor here at the Coastline Anchor, and I absolutely love what I get to do. I love spending time with these teenagers, and in doing so, it impacts my life. So thank you very much for allowing me to do that. Hey, Nathan Lambert here. My areas of responsibility here at Coastline Community Church is maintaining the facilities here and missions. And wow, do I have the greatest job here. I'm Joe Lamberth, the Early Childhood Director for ages 0 to 5. Thank you guys so much for allowing me to be here. I love you guys all, and I love this church. Thank you. Hey, my name is Brian Bolliver. I'm the worship pastor here at Coastline Community Church. I feel so blessed to get to do what I love and my passion every day that I come here. I'm so excited to see all God has planned for this church in the future. Like I said, send an email, write a card, you know, bake some cookies, do something. Um, fried chicken's always good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My doctor's here this morning. I'm not going to look her way. Yeah. <laughs> fried chicken is good. The hiding place. So we're going to end this series today. And the hiding place came out of Psalms uh, 91, verses 1 and 2. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. So we took this idea, and if you've been here over the past eight or nine weeks, there was a, a fort right here, and we talked about hiding in that fort as little kids, and, and how even as adults, we all need a hiding place. And if we do not recognize in our own life that we need a hiding place, we wind up hiding somewhere we shouldn't be hiding. That's where we get in trouble. And so we can't be so tough and so, so macho and so spiritually macho that we say, you know what, I've got this, I can handle this, I don't need a hiding place, I got this. Because when we do that, we negate the fact that we really need to hide in God. 
So we started looking at the covenant names of God. And God gives us these covenant names in the Old Testament. It's very important to remember that Jesus encompasses every one of these covenant names of God. So God gets an opportunity to explain to us who he is to us, who he is to his children. And so you go down these covenant names of God, and and God reveals his character to us. Let's define covenant. A, A contract in the Bible, an agreement between God and his people in which God makes promises to his people. The creator of everything we see, the creator of everything we know, we touch, we smell, we, we experience, that creator, the I am, Jehovah, the God, the one true God, is saying, look, I'm going to make a contract with you. I'm going to make a covenant with you. God is perfect. God can't be anything but perfect. So if God makes a covenant with us, you can be assured he's going to hold up his end of the deal. Right? So, so now we have this opportunity to explore who God is to us. And then to lean into those different covenant names of God in different seasons of our life. Some of us here today may need Jehovah Jireh. We need God to come through and provide for us in the area of our life. Some of us here today don't feel very righteous. We may need need Jehovah Sidkenu, God our righteousness. And so you go down the line and, and some of us may need peace today, Jehovah Shalom. And we find we can hide ourselves in those covenant names of God. And then we come to a place, which we'll talk a little bit about today, of Jesus encompassing all of those. So today, the last one we're going to look at is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. Now remember, Jehovah, I am. Jehovah means I am. Remember Moses said, who should I tell them sent me? What did God say? <laughs> Snap. <laughs> right? Done. Period. I am. Period. Don't, you, you don't even need to go any further. Because Pharaoh's going to realize, I am, soon enough. So, Jehovah, I am your healer. It comes from Exodus. This is where we pick this, this uh, covenant name. The first time we see this covenant name of God. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Wow, Jehovah Rapha. So, so if you, if you look at, I, I am, I am the Lord who heals you. Let's, let's define the word Rapha. The word Rapha means to restore, cure, heal, not only in the physical sense, but also in the spiritual and moral sense. Jehovah Rapha is listed 70 times in the Old Testament. 70. And, and, and in that, you find to restore, to cure, to heal, not only in the physical sense, but the spiritual and moral sense. Now, it's been my great desire throughout this series that you would learn something. We don't just come to church to feel good. <laughs> learn, learn something. Learn who God is to you. Because when you learn who God is to you, when you're going through a trial, you can stand on who God is to you. Because he said, I am. So, so restore, cure, heal in the physical sense, but, not, but also the spiritual and moral sense. Let's define heal. To cause a wound, injury, or person to become sound or healthy again. To alleviate a person's distress or anguish. So now we have a platform. We have some groundwork for Jehovah Rapha. Are you ready? So let's get into this. Number one, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. God is our physical healer. Matthew 4, 23 through 24. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Verse 24. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. 
So, so we get this, this picture of Jesus encompassing the name Jehovah Rapha. In Matthew 15, 30, it says this, Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Now, Jehovah Rapha is our physical healer. Now, physical healing is such a touchy subject in the church today. Was that just Jesus? Was that just Acts? Was that just for then? Is that for now? Why does God heal some people, and why does God not heal other people? I don't know. Well, we're going to end up back at this place. Some of you in here today are still arguing with God because he let a loved one of yours go. And you're like, why, God? Why, why did this person get healed and why did my loved one not get healed? And then you got all this crazy teaching going on. You might have some idiot come up to you and say, because you didn't have enough faith. That's so stupid. If God's will to heal depends on you, we're all in bad shape. Paul. Think about it this way. And hopefully this will set some of you free and some healing will come into your soul if you're arguing with God about maybe why someone didn't get healed. Paul, author of two-thirds of the books in the New Testament. Would you say he had some faith? Paul, 40 lashes minus one, shipwreck, abandoned, naked. He's a real deal. The Bible tells me that Paul prayed how many times? Lord, take this thorn out of my flesh. The Bible doesn't tell us what it was. And there's all kinds of people that speculate. I heard one guy say one time it was a woman. (laughs) I did not agree with him. I'm just telling you what I heard. Paul, man of faith, full of faith. God, take this from me. God, take this from me. God, take this from me. In other words, God, heal me, cure me, help me with this. I'm tired of dealing with this. And what's God say? My grace is sufficient. See, you may be in this room right now arguing with God over someone not getting healed, but guess what? You're still here because his grace is sufficient. Do I believe in physical healing? Absolutely. Have I seen people healed? Yes. Do I pray the same prayer every time for someone to be healed? Yes. Does it get answered sometimes? Yes. Does it, does it not? Sometimes. But I know this. Look at this next scripture. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he went through the towns and he went through the synagogues healing people, all those that were brought to him. And you can't tell me that he did it yesterday and he won't do it today. So my responsibility is just to pray in faith. I roll the dice. And what God sees fit, and we're going to get to this at the end of the message, we're going to look at the seen and unseen. What God sees fit to do, that's up to God. For we don't know him in full yet, but we will one day. So God's our physical healer. Number two, God heals us from our past. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But how many of us in this room would say we struggle with our past? Man. See, our minds are like a DVR. Anybody have a DVR? Yeah. Yeah, it records whatever you tell it to record. That's how God created us. That's why we have to wash our minds with the renewing of the God's word every day. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If there was ever anyone who knew the importance of being healed from his past, it was Paul who used to be Saul who Jesus encountered and wrecked his life in a good way. 
Every day we spend in the past is a day we waste. Every moment we, we allow the enemy to play mental gymnastics in our mind of mistakes we've made and things that we've said and things that we've done that we're not proud of is, is a moment that we waste in, in, in time that we can praise God for who he is, that we can have vision for the next stage of our life, that we can be on fire for God not dealing with our past. He heals us from our past. Look at this next scripture. Therefore, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Praise God. See, the enemy wants to get us so bound up in our past. Are there consequences for the things that we do? Absolutely. Right? Grace does not do away with consequence. We have to live with decisions that we make. We do not have to live in the past decisions that we've made. Does that make sense? We've got to live with them. But we don't have to live in them every day, toiling over them. All the old is gone, the new has come. The new is here. So when you woke up this morning, if you professed Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you, you woke up, the newness is here. You don't have to live in yesteryear. You don't have to live yesterday. You can live in newness. It's here. It's here. Now, many days we don't wake up feeling new, do we? Right? The new car smell is what I call it. Don't you love the new car smell? Right? But many days, some days I do wake up, the newness is here. Jack, we got this. Some days it's like, I don't feel very new. I don't even smell new. Spiritually speaking, right? Yeah. But it doesn't matter how we feel because the Bible is very plain. The old's gone, the new is here. So God heals us from our past. Look at Isaiah, last scripture we'll look at on this point, 43, 18, and 19. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Now, I really, really felt led to throw this point in here because we all deal with our past. And Isaiah said, forget, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. You can't get much more plain than that. See, I am doing a new thing, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Jesus, I'm doing a new thing. Jesus heals us from our past. Jesus is a way maker. Jesus makes a way when we feel like we're in the wasteland. Jesus brings, uh, uh, restores that living water to us when we feel like we're in the desert. Forget the former things. Focus on Jesus. So Anthony said it last week. If you didn't, weren't here, get online and listen to the message. It's awesome. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So you don't even have to put yourself in that equation, Mr. Important. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Forget the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. And it's Jesus Christ. Number three, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. God heals us from our sins. We're born into sin sickness. We sin like sparks fly upward, Job says. We sin because we're flesh. We're born into sin. Someone else did something that made us sinners, and that was Adam and Eve. And someone else did something that gives us a way to be righteous, and that was Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. So that we might die to sins. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm imperfect. Well, I do know about some of you, you're perfect. <laughs> Self-proclaimed perfectness. You're righteous. Me, myself, 
I'm, I'm, my, my flesh is waging a war against my spirit every day of my life. And if you don't realize that in your own life, you're losing the war. You, you need to have an acute awareness that it's, very, it's, very, it's a very real battle between your flesh and your spirit. Spirit is willing, but my, the, the flesh is, is weak, right? And the spirit's willing. So that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So by what Jesus Christ has done for us, heals my sin sickness. God says, look, this is who I am. All the way down through the line, the Old Testament. All the way through, a God is, his love towards his children is saying, I will, do, I will provide for you. I will give you peace. I will sanctify you. I will be your righteousness. I will be your banner. I will be the one who, who does everything. All the way up until the end of the Old Testament, then we have this 400 some years of silence. And then God says, look, this is not working. And he sends his only son, Jesus Christ, to encompass all of those names and then give his life as a ransom for many on the cross, not deserving it, living a sinless life, yet taking our sin by his wounds we have been healed of our sin sickness it's the gospel of jesus christ in his most purest and simplistic form we've been healed of our sin sickness look at this next scripture but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities don't just read this if he's your savior if you've put your faith in jesus if, if all your eggs are in that basket, when you read scriptures like this, it should touch your heart with gratitude. It should, it should move you to a place of gratefulness. It should move you to a place of, of giving God time in your everyday schedule. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us, what, peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Jesus finished the race. Jesus did what no form of religion was able to do. He that knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. God's a holy God. He can't be around sin. Jesus stepped in the middle as a mediator and he built a bridge on the cross. He built a bridge from God to us so that we could be forgiven in the eyes of God. And so us, the apple of God's eye, could then spend eternity with God through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Beautiful. So, Jehovah Rapha, he heals me from my sin sickness. Number four, God heals our heart. You don't, don't raise your hand on this one either. How many of you ever had a broken heart? I'm not talking about grade school. Check yes, check no. No. Ah! Now, if your kid comes home from school and they got a broken heart, talk to them about it. Tell them there's more fish in the sea. Tell them boys are nothing but trouble. Tell them girls are hard work. Now, I'm talking about broken hearted, crushed, hurt, stabbed in the back, done wrong, hopes diminished. Dashed, dreams torn apart, the tornado of life coming through through people who are supposed to love you, wrecking your life. Brokenhearted. Brokenhearted. See, two things happen when you get your heart broke. Really, only two things happen. One, you get really hard. And you refuse to ever let anyone else 
in that area of your life. You know people like that? Still go to church? Still good person? But they refuse to ever get real in that area of their life again. And by virtue of doing that, they lock God out of area, they lock God's healing out of that area of their life. We, we've all been there. I know I have. He's just done wrong, brokenhearted. Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Heals the broken. Jehovah Rapha, He heals my broken heart. If you're here today and, and you, feel, you really feel downcast and you feel like your heart's broken, like may, maybe it's a child that's out in the world and you're praying and you're praying and the way that they're living is just breaking your heart. Maybe it's a spouse that can't stand to hear the name Jesus in their own house and it just breaks your heart. Maybe, maybe through a bad church experience, you've had your heart broken. I'm, I'm going back through a book called To Leap Over a Wall by Eugene Patterson who, who uh, was the author of the paraphrase, The Message Bible. And he says this in reference to getting your heart broken by the church. He says, every time I move to a new town, I find a church close by and I join it. And I commit myself to serve there and learn there. And he says these words, I have never been anything but utterly disappointed. (laughs) That's very liberating for a pastor. Very encouraging. Seriously. He said, and this, this is a holy man. This is an awesome man of God. He said, I have never been anything but disappointed. Because what I want to see, I don't see. Except every once in a while, I'll see a shaft of beauty come through the body of Christ. Maybe you're here today, you've been, you're, the church has broken your heart. I apologize on behalf of the church. Hopefully it wasn't this church. Broken hearted. And some, God says, I'm going to heal your broken heart. If you would allow me into that area of your life, I'm going to heal your broken heart. And I'm going to bind up those wounds. To bind. To, to bring together. To wrap up. To take care. You know, when, when I was growing up, I played ba- a lot of baseball. And I was constantly, I, I've, I've broken every finger on each hand. As well as thumbs multiple times. And so my dad got to where he would keep pops, popsicle sticks. Right? Now we go to the urgent care, right? <laughs> my son's finger's blue and it's, it's going that way. My dad would grab it and say, hey, you see that up there? Wham! Because we were broke, right? We were, it was no money to go to the urgent, there wasn't even urgent care. When it really got bad, my grandma was urgent care. <laughs> so true. Seriously. But, but he, he got to where he would keep popsicle sticks and athletic tape in, somewhere in the car. And he'd say, come here, look at that. And he'd put the popsicle sticks on it, make a splint, and he'd wrap it up and say, get back in there. He would bind it up. He would restore it back to the, the straightness, which some of them still aren't straight. Because he was broke. <laughs> but he would bind it up back to where it needed to be. And can I tell you, God can heal you of a broken heart. He can bind up those hurt slashes in your heart. He can bind up. in the whole idea of binding up those areas of our heart comes through what Jesus Christ did for us. Wow. Look at this next scripture right here. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, 
and I will give you rest. When you have a broken heart, you can't rest. Because you do one of two things. You either get hard or you allow God into those areas. And it does take work. But as he binds those areas up, rest comes for the weary. Rest comes for the brokenhearted. It's quite possible that no one in your sphere of influence or no one in your life will ever understand the hurt that you've been through. Some of you young people in this room right now, you have no idea how much you can hurt your parents. You you can't fathom it because you had not had kids yet. You have no idea the broken heart that you could cause them. Parents in this room, you have no idea how you can break your kid's heart. But you do. And yet we do it anyway. Jesus is the equalizer. He will bind up those wounds. And wherever that brokenness is in you, you can say, maybe nobody else understands it. But you do, God. Because you were crushed for me. And I'm going to bring that to you. Look, there's this thing I have in my life. I mean, Raina and I tell each other everything. But there's this area in my life, and she knows this. There are me and God things. Me, and those are precious things. See, we have access to a God that loves us so much he gave us his only son, so why not take him that broken heart? You don't have to talk to anybody else about it. You don't have to go around, oh, I'm so broken hearted. Even, even though you are, and I'm not diminishing what maybe has happened to you, but there's something so special and so sweet pushing away with your Savior and going, God, you know I'm broken hearted. I'm tired of being callous. I'm tired of being hard. Would you heal me? Would you bind that place in my life up? So I can be productive for you. So I can quit being bitter. So I can go on with my life. You and God moments. So if you're here today, and you need Jehovah Rapha, the one who heals the brokenhearted, get away with him this week. Get away with him and allow him to minister to that area of your life. And let it go. Remember he heals us from our past? Much of our broken hearts have to do with our past. Let it go. Last thing. Jehovah Rapha, my healer, because God is our healer, we have hope. All right. We have hope. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. If you ever meet someone who's lost hope, it's a sad case, right? We we were created to hope in something. There's a part of us that has to hope. And when we don't hope, we die. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So I have Jehovah Rapha, my healer. And you walk back down through the ways that we've discussed today how he heals us. He does heal us physically. He does heal us of our sins. He does heal our hearts. He does heal us from our past. And because he does all of those things, we have hope. Back to the area of God, why won't you heal my loved one? Why won't you take this thorn out of my flesh? And here in 2 Corinthians, we have Paul saying, you know what, I've prayed that, but now I'm understanding. I can't focus on what is seen. I've got to focus on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. There's a lady in Atlanta. Her homegoing service was three weeks ago. And she was a part of Andy Stanley's church, Louis Giglio, that whole crowd in Atlanta 
who are doing great things for God. And she fought cancer for 20 years, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And so when it became evident that she was dying, woman of God, she planned her funeral. She wrote her funeral. And in writing it, she wrote to all of these people, thousands of people, please do not cry for me. Because what you saw is not being seen anymore. And if I could come back, I wouldn't. Do we really believe that? Are we so tied up in this world and in this life that we fear being in a palatial kingdom of God forever? Over 200 women stood up at that funeral that she had personally mentored. 200 women that she had personally impacted their lives. And she had something to say to them too. Carry on my legacy. My time's done. Carry it on. But don't cry for me. Because I'm seeing the unseen. And it's eternal. Because God is our healer, we have hope. Yes, we pray the prayer of faith. Yes, we believe. Yes, we believe God. And we know God can do anything that God wills to do. Yet we can't get so focused on what we see that we forget what's going on behind the scenes. We have hope. Just a few months, we'll celebrate Christmas. Celebrate Christmas, and hopefully you and your family will celebrate the birth of Christ. Not get caught up so much in what the world would say Christmas is, but what it is to us as Christ followers. And we'll use this word, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means what? God with us. That's hope. Covenant names with God. I hope you've learned something. That's who God is to us. Jesus, Emmanuel. The word becomes flesh and dwells among us, encompassing all these covenant names of God. Emmanuel, God with us. I have everything that I need in Jesus. Therefore, I have hope. Circumstance of life does not determine my level of hope because my hope is in the Lord. Do you have that hope today? Do you have that hope? Do you have the hope of the unseen? Or is the seen wrecking you right now? There's two of us in this, two groups in this room. Maybe you're here today, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So you, you don't have that eternal hope. Or maybe you're here today and you are a Christ follower, but man, you're, you're just worn out. Circumstance of life is wearing you out and your hope has diminished. He is a prayer way. Come to me, all you who are weary, burdened. I'm going to give you rest. A prayer way. A shift in perspective. An amazing peace that transcends all understanding. A shot of the Holy Spirit raising the bar a little bit in our own emotions. He'll do it for you. Would you bow your head all over his place? You're here today. You say, Jason, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I've never put my faith in Jesus. I'm not saved. What does that, what does that mean? Saved. Salvation is an issue of faith. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, 
and you, and you really confess in your heart that you believe that, the old is gone, the new comes. And then you start your journey. If that's you and you're here today, you say, Jason, I need to be saved. I need a fresh start. I need Jesus Christ in my life. I need something to change. And in my heart right now, I know that Jesus can make that change in my life. I want to pray with you. All heads are bowed. Nobody's moving. Just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it. Put it right back down. I need Jesus in my life. I need, I need, a, I need a change. I need a starting point. For the rest of us in this room, I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thanks. That's awesome. Anyone else before we pray? I see your hand. That's awesome. Let's pray. If you raised your hand, just pray along with me. Nothing magical about this prayer. What's magical is the fact that you're putting your faith right now in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Pray this prayer with me. Father, in my heart right now, I confess that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the one true, true Son of God. I believe He was born of a virgin. I believe He lived a sinless life. I believe that He took my death and sin on the cross. I believe He was placed in the grave. And I believe and confess in my heart that I believe He rose from that grave on the third day. And He's in heaven today making intercession for me. And He's coming back for me one day. God, thank You for loving me and thank You for chasing me and thank You for sending Your only Son so that I could be with You for eternity. Lord, give me the boldness to get involved in a life group, get discipled. Lord, give me the boldness to email a pastor or to go out to the tent. Lord, to get involved in that class that goes on and, and, and learn more about you. But, but most of all, God, thank you for saving me. and Thank you for new life. For the rest of us here, as your heads are bowed, if you're dealing with your past, if you're brokenhearted, if you're weary, if you need, if you need God just to come in like a flood because the enemy is messing with you these days, let me encourage you today that he stands at the wait and the ready. If you'll give him the time, he'll do the work. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for these covenant names of God you've given us. Bless us as we go forward out into this world. In Jesus.